Do you wonder what your days might look like when they're filled with running your own language sessions? Because I tell you, they can be so good. Tune in and I'll share a vision with you on this week's episode of the Your Native Language is Your Superpower podcast. Judith Krieger here. Let's get started. Hello, hello. What a great week we've had since our game episode, where a whole bunch of you have been jumping in, checking out three of the videos that have been enormously popular with the children that myself and my team have been playing for a long time now. And it was so great to read all of your quiz answers and see where you're up to and what you're wanting. If you didn't get a chance to check out the game videos, they've actually come down now, but... The game videos were a special flash module and they've come down now, but on the accompanying podcast episode, episode number 16, the game episode, you'll get some really great tips for how to make your games super enchanting and delightful for your children and really get some amazing engagement. That episode will be a great one for you to come back to every now and then just to remind yourself of some of these techniques that really will help you to have a fabulous time with the children and with your language. So episode number 16 is the game episode. And today, what I thought I'd do is to help you to create a vision, a vision of what your days and your weeks and your life might look like when running your own language sessions is a part of your life. Having done this for soon coming up for 20 years, ah, there have been some magnificent moments. So let me paint a picture for you. Imagine turning up to a childcare centre or a preschool and walking in the door and having all the children running up to you with big smiles and hugs and so excited that you've turned up to run your language sessions. I tell you, it is a fabulous way to start your day or to start any moment throughout the day, whatever time you happen to be turning up. You couldn't ask for a better greeting. The children are generally so excited and they'll come up and, and want to hug you and chat with you about what's happened in their lives or what's important for them at the moment. They hurt their knee or they got new shoes or their cousins were visiting or they're going on a holiday. Or look at my beautiful painting that I just made. And what are we doing for French today? What are we doing? What game did you bring? <laughs> this is the sort of welcome you receive every time you turn up. And you'll, you'll likely have to sign yourself in and you'll go in and, and you really start to develop a relationship with the teachers and the staff at the centres. The more you go there, the more you have opportunities to actually chat with them and get to know them and invite them in. Normally, you'll have one of the staff members sitting in with you at your session. They may be just carrying on with their own planning or their own records they have to keep for the children and just supervising. But you know what's great? It's so much fun if you invite the staff member to come and sit with you. Personally, I love having groups of about eight children. I think that's just a really nice number to have enough personal interaction with each of them. It's not too long for them to wait to have their turn. And it actually creates a really good vibe. It's lovely having groups of three or four children. That can be really fun as well. I just feel that there's that extra vibe when you have a few more children. 
It's just that a bit more volume in the responses, and when everybody doing the same thing and saying the same thing at the same time, it just creates a really kind of festive sort of vibe that can be missing if you already have a, have a few children. If you have a lot more children, it just becomes more challenging if you're playing turn-based games where they're each having turns, or if you're having just to have that level of control over the over the feeling, like if they're getting super excited, of course, when you've got 12, 15 children, it's harder to quiet them down. But those are all techniques that you do learn as you go along. But eight children, six to eight children is really nice. I enjoy that. So most of my sessions are about eight. So imagine sitting on the floor in a circle with eight children sitting with you. Some of them will be fighting to come and sit next to you, which is actually pretty it's quite a compliment. It's really sweet. So you kind of get them to take turns each week if that's if that's the way it goes. Sometimes you'll have a child who just always wants to come and sit next to you. And that's fine. The other children don't mind where they are. And then we always start off with some sort of fun little action activity that gets them really, gets them warmed up and, and laughing nice and early on. And then you spend, some of my sessions have been 10 minutes Say there's a class of 24 children in a preschool, I will break that into three groups of eight children. And if the if the preschool is paying me for half an hour, then I'll break that into 10-minute sessions. You may choose to do 12 children in a group and have 15 minutes. I've got to admit that my 10-minute sessions and the same with my team members we tend to easily go over and sometimes it's just you're just having such a good time that you don't mind going over. What I would recommend is aiming for about 20 minutes. 20 minutes just seems to be a really nice period of time. It's not too short, not too quick, and it's not long enough for them to start struggling with attention. I really like that 20 minute period if you're going in with with small groups that you're doing one after the other. And you know, imagine you're just having 20 minutes of fun with kids and sharing your language in really engaging activities and games. And the buzz when after a little while, they they pick up your words so quickly. And if you're doing action type activities regularly each week, those of you who saw the action video in the flash game module, I do those actions every single week for a couple of months before we'll change it up to something else and then I'll bring it back again and the children they love that as an intro and they get to they start remembering the words and the actions really quickly and it's a real buzz to hear them do that and it's so I get so excited when say you're playing say you're playing color games and you've brought in a few different color games over a period of a couple of months and the children really start remembering the colors and volunteering the names of colors. It's such a buzz. I always give them a big high five. Only we say, instead of doing a high five, I say high sank because sank is five in French. So I would encourage you to do the same. Find a five in your language. And so we go high sank or we go gimme sank. Well, now during COVID to try and avoid quite so much contact, we do an air sank. I turned it into air sank. So we all go air sank and we just kind of we just do like a high five but next to each other's hands or just nearby each other's hands rather than actually clapping hands in the in the air which is kind of a fun little tweak so we still get that same vibe high sank and they love they love feeling they feel chuffed when they remember and when you congratulate them oh my gosh you remember that is so cool great french and they they love that confirmation that they've done well 
it's a really beautiful feeling. And when they come back and they start remembering some of the rhythms, some of your earworms that we talked about in a previous episode, I do this thing with the children often where if there's a word that sounds really similar in English and in French, I will draw their attention to that. So for example, with the crocodile game, that was another game from the Flash game module. And I'll point out, crocodile, crocodile, le crocodile is French for crocodile. Hey, that sounds kind of like crocodile, doesn't it? And we'll all sit there, we'll, we'll put our left hand out and say crocodile and lean to the left, left, and then we'll put our right hand out and lean to the right and say crocodile, crocodile, crocodile. And every time we have a word that sounds similar in the two language languages, I'll draw our attention to it. And what, in the same way, it's like orange, orange, that's nearly the same. And what's happening is the children start coming back the following weeks and they'll start bringing it up themselves. Or if there's a new word that you've introduced and they recognize that it's sounding a bit like the English word, they'll bring it up. And then a bunch of them will join in and say, oh, and how about blur and blue? And, and we'll all be sitting there going blue, blur. Blue, blue, orange, orange, crocodile, crocodile. They, it's so, it's such a beautiful environment. And it's so, you just come out feeling, it's very empowering, very satisfying. And it really lifts your spirits and it lifts their spirits. And this is what you can expect in the ambiance and the vibe. And then having that lovely little communication with the staff members. I always go up and try and chat to them afterwards. That can happen if you have a bit of breathing space. Generally, we have like one group and then straight out another group and then another group. But before I leave, I'll go and chat with the staff, with the teachers. And if you can invite those teachers in. Oh, that's what I started saying. If you have a teacher with you in your classroom space, sitting on a chair, doing her thing while you're running your language session, invite the teacher in sometimes to come and join you in the circle and get them to have turns. Because it really, you see the big smile on their faces when they actually do that. And they're actually saying the words with the children. So it really kind of empowers the staff member as well because they get more involved with it and they they do have big smiles when they do it, which of course makes them love the experience even more, which makes them more excited when the children are coming. So it just really builds on the momentum that you create and the ambiance and the feeling, the emotion that you create and that sense of joy and excitement that touches not only the children but also the staff who are there. It really adds something. And then that delightful of feeling after you've been going to a center for weeks and then months and then if it turns into years, you really, it feels like kind of a family feel and the staff are always happy to greet you and they'll come up and have a chat with you and you have a chat with them about things. You get to know a bit about them and what's happening in the center and a bit about their lives. It's just really friendly and really nice. I always... That just is a natural thing that I've done. And then when I started coaching my own team and we found centers for them to go and run their French sessions, I actually encouraged them to do it. And as I'm encouraging them to, to develop relationships with the staff, I realized that it's actually really important just again, just to reinforce that relationship with you because it really is all about relationships. 
which enhances your experience and their experience. And of course, they come to love you and they look forward to you coming. The staff look forward to it as much as the children. And if ever you've missed, you've had to miss a session for whatever reason, or perhaps they've all gone out for an excursion one week and, uh, or there's like with preschools here in Australia, the preschools work, or some of them at least work during school terms and then they have the school holidays off, the same as schools. And so going back and hearing the staff, oh, we missed you or for whatever reason, there's been a session that's been missed or a week that's been missed. And, oh, we missed you last week. It's, re- it's just lovely. It's a lovely working environment. It doesn't feel like work. I refer to it as a working environment because if you're not doing this, you may be going into another working environment. And I tell you, it's pretty hard to find a working environment that is so enthusiastic, so welcoming to you and just so friendly and so nice. Imagine this being a part of your life. And you then you leave one centre and you jump in your car and you drive along ready for your next centre and you go through the whole thing again. It's a beautiful feeling. Now, what about if you're not running your language sessions in childcare centres or in preschools? What if children are coming to you? Maybe you've hired a little room or a space. Maybe they're coming to your home. It's the same sort of feel in reverse. You develop relationships with the parents which is lovely. I find I get a lot more feedback from parents when they're coming to you because generally you'll have the parents' email addresses and you'll be communicating with them maybe through maybe through a WhatsApp group or through emails and or when I was having people to coming coming to me years ago in various different areas WhatsApp wasn't really a thing it wasn't Facebook groups uh Facebook Messenger wasn't really a thing or if it was it didn't occur to me to use it. I would recommend that you do use those now. It's a really nice way to, to create a little group feel. But we had emails and so parents would email me back saying, oh, thanks. And they'd give me feedback, comments that the children have made. And unless you're actually bumping into parent, like if you're running sessions in childcare centers, there's less contact directly with parents you get that contact with the staff and the staff will give you feedback. The staff will tell you, oh, you know, the kids were outside playing the other day and I heard them saying, bada boom, and they were picking out the colours in French or they were singing a little French song that, that, that we've been doing together. That's lovely. It's always really reassuring. If I ever get if I ever bump into parents in the childcare centers, so sometimes if I'm starting fairly early in the morning and some of the parents are still dropping their children off, I always take the opportunity to go and just say, hey, and ask who, uh, and give them a bit of feedback about how their child is participating in French. And you get the most lovely feedback from the parents, things that you don't normally hear. They'll often volunteer stories of how their own children have been bringing some words home or I've had a number of parents say, you know, we were at a restaurant the other day and there was a table of people sitting next to us and they were speaking French and their child's little ears have picked up and go, hey, mummy, mummy, those people are French. Just little stories like that, which are really cute. A lot of the children will be driving in the cars with their parents. This is the parents telling me this. And they'll see radio towers out their window and they think it's the Eiffel Tower. (laughs) How cute is that? And the parents think it's gorgeous and they come and tell me, oh, yeah, we drove. They keep thinking the radio towers are Eiffel Towers. They look, look, mum, look, mum, look, daddy, it's the Eiffel Tower. It's just so nice to hear this and hear 
oh, I don't know how many times I've heard parents say to me that they use the French session as the motivation to get their child ready to go to childcare or preschool. Some of them just really don't feel like going going to preschool that day. They just want to stay home with mum. And the mum's struggle to, or mum's dad's parents struggle to get them ready. And so they say, oh, but it's French today. So many times I've heard this story. As soon as they say, it's French day, the child's like, oh, it's French day? Oh, they're going to grab their bags. They put their shoes on. They can't wait to come. Just for 10 minutes, 15 minutes of French in a whole day, that's enough to excite the child enough to get ready to go. How beautiful is that? So you get that sort of feedback from the parents that the staff may not necessarily hear to be able to pass on to you. So whenever you get an opportunity, you bump into a parent or a grandparent, often it's the grandparents coming down. And so many of them, so many of the parents and grandparents take the opportunity to share that, oh, I did French at school. So in your case, of course, it'd be if you're doing Spanish or German or whatever language you're sharing, they'll, oh, I remember doing German at school and they love to share a few words that they remember. Often they'll tell you that they do try to say a few of those words with their children now that they know their children are doing your language. And so I always encourage them with that. Or if they have different languages at home and you can start having conversations about how they share their languages and It's lovely. It reinforces everything. And sometimes those conversations lead into them saying, hey, listen, we'd love to do more of your language with our child. Do you do anything outside of the preschool? Do you do anything outside of us coming to you here in these groups? Do you do private sessions? So it becomes a really great opportunity for you to then grow further. And as you know, in the previous episodes where I've mentioned, just say yes. If you get one of these opportunities, your initial reaction may be, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that's new. Oh, I'm nervous. I don't know. Uh, It's really common to feel that. But I encourage you to just say yes. Say yes, sure. Let's um, get their email address, get their phone number and have a conversation about it. And that will give you time to go away and think about it. Just go and try it. Just jump in and try. And you'll see for yourself whether you love it or you don't love it. But if you're doing it with the kids, Anyway, you're going to love running running private sessions in their homes too. It's really fun. It's much more casual environment when you're just one-on-one or maybe you've got two siblings in their home and you might stay there for half an hour. I've known people who stay for longer. I always did half an hour. For me, I just find that that's enough and it's beautiful. It's much more relaxed and the kids come and bring you their toys and that's okay. You can then just think of how playing with their toys and doing things in your language. Are you starting to get a picture of what it might feel like to have that as a part of your life? As long as you you love being with children, you love sharing your language, you enjoy the communication with the parents and the staff, it really is a beautiful way to be earning an income. (laughs) I mean, the income's almost like an added bonus. It's just so enjoyable to be there doing your thing. And it's like, oh, yeah, I've got to send an invoice and get paid. (laughs) Oh, cool. So hopefully this is expanding your vision a little bit as to what it might look like and how that might feel to you. The feelings of joy and excitement and satisfaction, all of that becomes a regular part of your life. Hey, of course, there's sometimes some frustration. 
children can be challenging. They don't always do things exactly the way you'd like them to do it. There are a whole bunch of what I call crowd control techniques to discover as you go. And sometimes it can be frustrating. Yeah, you might get a child who's going crazy or who's not listening. And But you know what? That's just part of the game. It's part of the experience. And the overall sensation is one of real happiness for the children and for yourself. And then you'll find when you're running, when you're playing your games, it will ignite ideas in your mind. And I often found that, particularly in the early years, I would leave with some little moment of inspiration that I'll be super excited to go home and create a brand new game around this idea that has come to me while I'm playing with the children. And so that's the other side of it that you get. If you enjoy being creative, this is a perfect sort of lifestyle, work style to be creative. So much creativity can be used. You can use music, you can use videos, you can create artwork, you can... I did a lot of sort of artwork. I used to love doing art. Craft was never really my thing, to be honest. But art, I loved drawing. And so I would, in my skills before having any sort of computer online skills, I used to go home and draw everything. I'd draw all these beautiful drawings and turn them into games and... And if you love craft, you can come up with beautiful craft activities. So imagine mixing all of that together, the creative side, the, the feeling of inspiration when you have great ideas, and then actually going and being cuddled and jumped on and, and, and meeting excited, greeting excited children when you turn up and chatting with staff who are friendly and, and parents who are loving what you do. And getting feedback from them. And as you get feedback, then you can kind of tweak and improve things as you go. If you can imagine this style of experience for yourself, then I just encourage you to to get out there and start with something. In the Discovery Hub, there are ideas in there already for you. There are two, actually two games from the from the Flash game module. I actually left in there. So you have access in the Discovery Hub. I've left them in there long term so you can go in and look at two of those games now. There are plenty of things in the Discovery Hub to help you along and listening to ideas from this podcast and I will be running an online workshop soon so I'm really keen to hear all your requests of the subjects that you'd love to hear me cover. If you had a magic wand and you could get me to cover any subject you like in a live online workshop, let me know. Jump into our Kokoriko Collective Facebook group and and put a request in. So if you're wanting that support, the support is there for you. And then I encourage you to just go out and start something. Just do like me. That's what I did. I had no idea what to do when I started, but I just did something. And it grew from there. And you can do the same. So hold this image in your mind. Imagine that you there. And instead of doing French, you're doing your language. And it's in your country and it's in your area. Just get that feel for, for, for the way I've described it and how you might feel in that environment, in that situation yourself. And allow that feeling to propel you to find the courage to take those first steps because it really is worth it. I'll put some links in the show notes to the Kokoriko Collective Facebook group, to the Discovery Hub. So if you go to kokorikoworld.com slash 17, 
This is episode number 17. You can get the show notes from this episode, which reads a little bit like a little bit like a blog. And then you'll see the links that I've mentioned to those things in the show notes. Go on, you can do this. You really can do this. All you have to do is find your voice, be your voice, and use your voice to create something amazing. Have a beautiful day or a beautiful evening wherever you are in the world, and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.